I would like to talk to you this evening from this subject, the exposed disciple. How do you recover? The exposed disciple, how do you recover? What does it really mean to be exposed? The Encarta Dictionary defines exposed as being uncovered and therefore visible or without protection. When I think about the word exposed, I'm reminded of this statement, what's done in the dark will be brought to light. This was not a simple story about lust, sex, and adultery. This was not just a story about selfishness and taking what does not belong to you. This is a story about what happens and what starts to happen when you are out of place. This is a story about what can happen when you don't do what you're supposed to do as it relates to your divine purpose, which is to be a true disciple. This story will help us understand why David prayed the way he prayed in the 51st Psalm. The lesson to be learned from this text is about knowing who you are knowing your place, knowing what your position is as a disciple, and knowing what your position is for yourself when you don't get in your place. You see, that's what happened to David. None of this would have happened if David had been where David was supposed to be. The text declares that it was spring. And kings were to be at war. But David was at home in the palace. The time when kings go out to war, David was in the house. A monotheistic Old Testament disciple, David was not where he was supposed to be as it related to who God made him to be. David was neither where he should have been nor doing what he should have been doing. Instead of going to war as he should have, he sent Joab. And when you look back at chapter 10, you will discover in verse 7 that David has developed a habit of sending Joab instead of going to fight the enemy himself. So what he does in this chapter is just the continuation of a habit he began in the last chapter. So what does he, it here in this 11th chapter, he does by force of habit. You see, sometimes the enemy will get you into a habit now that is a setup for a failure later. He will get you into habits now that will come into play at a later date. He's just setting you up for a fall later by a little habit you are developing now. Taking a little sip of alcohol to calm your nerves doesn't seem much like much right now. Going to work late 
doesn't seem like much now. Gossiping on the telephone doesn't seem like much now. Shopping on a credit card with money you don't have seems like not much now, right? But it's a setup of a habit for something later. See, before the enemy can destroy you, He's got to distract you. And he tries to do this by getting you out of place. Now, if I take a boat out of the water and then I drag it down Main Street, it starts to break up and then the boat will get messed up. It still may have its value, but it was not made for that environment. Am I correct? Now, if I put this boat back into the water, it is not going to be able to function properly because it's been living outside of its environment. And the reason why some of you can't function is because you've been damaged in an environment outside of your purpose. And then when you went back to where you were supposed to be, you could not function. It's because you were too wounded from being out of place. Somebody needs to tell your neighbor, stay in your place. Now, there are many things that I can talk about from this text. However, if I talk about the normal stuff from this text, some of you may think that you are exempt from the hermeneutical application of the text because you are not in a David and Bathsheba situation. But everybody in here at some time or another has been in a situation where you have not been in the place where you are supposed to be as it related to who God made you. Some people think that they are in place. I hear the thoughts right now. I'm in place. I'm in place. (laughs) However, you may not be in the right place. You see, you can be in a place where you have the expertise. But you are not in the place where God has anointed you to be. This means you are only in place when you are in in the place that God has created you to be in and not where somebody else has placed you. So as a disciple of Christ, how do I stay in place and not mess myself up? How do I stay in place? And not mess myself up. Point number one. You cannot be a disciple and be undisciplined. There's no way. You cannot be a disciple and be undisciplined. You see, David lost his spiritual discipline. I'm going to show you that. You see, when we look at the text, the first thing that comes to mind is about sex, lust, and adultery. And I'm not even going there. (laughs) David's fall was not sudden, and it was not just as, as simple as lust. 
So we're not going to even look at that area. David had become undisciplined. Watch this. Back at chapter 10, you already know that he has not been leading his men into battle, but he was staying home and letting them fight his battle for him. So he has grown accustomed to not fighting for himself. Therefore, he lost his edge to fight the enemy. You always get in trouble as a disciple when you depend on others to fight the enemy for you. Look at verse 2. It's so simple. One evening, David got up from his bed. Oh, you missed it. The historical writer is letting us know that David has been in bed all day. Doesn't it seem odd? That he's getting out of bed in the evening. Here is a young warrior who had grown careless and lazy. This is a warrior who used to write song, songs about getting up in the morning, viewing the handiwork of God. And he's so lazy that now all he does is sleep all day. No longer does he get up early like a young warrior. Life has become too good for him, and he's lost his discipline. And it can be dangerous when you get too blessed. Don't lose your discipline, because that's all the devil is waiting for. He wants you to get so busy with your routines and satisfied with your life that you lose the devotion you used to have. Oh, I can't go to church. I'm going out and riding on the boat today. I'll see y'all next Sunday. Oh, I can't go to church because my baby got volleyball to play. I'll see y'all next Sunday. When you lose your discipline, your mind is not as sharp. And things that you would have normally, would, would have not normally fallen for, you find yourself giving into because you're weak. You lost that devotion, that time with God, that strength. Don't mess up your devotion. David did not fall for Bathsheba just because she was beautiful. He fell for Bathsheba because his spiritual sensitivity was low. David is the anointed one, but he still has weaknesses, which means he must keep his discipline up to walk the walk God has designed for him. The bottom line, you must keep your discipline up. That's what this season of Lent is about. Us preparing ourselves. Asking God to forgive us for our laziness. God, forgive us for putting you second. God, forgive us. And then you've got to keep your mind on Jesus it, it takes daily devotion. It takes daily 
prayer. It takes daily consecration. You must exercise your spiritual disciplines daily to keep your spirit tuned to God. Point number two, you must have a network of accountability. You must have a network of accountability. David was out of place because he did not have a network of accountability. If David sent the troops to fight, that means at the palace, there were no priests. There were no loyal troops. There was nobody at the house but the house servants. A house servant's identity is not to think critically and question immoral behavior, but only do what people tell them to do. So David had sent everybody else out of the house. There was nobody there of any spiritual maturity to guide his thoughts back on track. So that's why when he said, who is that? And the servant said, that's Uriah's wife. There was nobody saying you there to say you can't have her. David is out of place because he has nobody around him to make him accountable for his thoughts or his choices. As a matter of fact, the text says he sends for her, which means that the people that are around him, they don't even question his action, even though they know his actions are wrong. So he is now surrounded by enablers. See, as disciples of Christ, we should want people in our lives who love us enough to offend us and help us not to stay stuck on stupid. (laughs) We need a network of accountability so we don't fall flat on our faces when our flesh is getting out of place. You see, your flesh man is older than your spirit man. And your flesh knows some tricks that your spirit man doesn't know. So we need somebody around us that can hold us accountable. Psalms 51 It contains a public exposure of a great man's sin. Then it is a documentation of that man's feelings and prayer about the situation. David poured out his heart to God in this prayer. He knows that he was caught in his sin. In this prayer, he admits that his his sins are always there and that he can't fix them. He can't hide them. It took an external source, Nathan, to make him reflect on the fact that just because no one is around, noticed or or said anything about his sin, that you're okay. He understood that throwing a bull or a hundred bulls on the altar as a sacrifice had no value to God because there was no sign of repentance. His prayer is his plea to God that he wants to make it right. That's our prayer to God tonight that we want to make it
it right. And David knew that the only way it could happen is for God to wipe the slate clean. How many want God to wipe the slate clean for them? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't see any hands raised, so I know I want God to wipe the slate clean for me. Lord, forgive me. This is our chance. To ask God to forgive me, give me another chance. My final point, the last thing. When you are out of place, you must know that God is still in place. Amen. When we are out of place, God is still in place. If you look at the text, it happened in the spring at the time when kings go off to, to war. David sent Joab out to the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. So the king, the king is the leader of the army militaristic strategists. And he is the one who lays out the battle plan. The king lays out the battle plan. So why is the king at home? The army should not be able to win without David being in place. They should not be able to beat anybody without the king being there in command. But the Bible lets us know that the king is not there, but they still won. Hallelujah. Do you see it? The king was out of place, but God was in place. What a mighty God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. Great is thy faithfulness. Understand this. God's success is not dependent on you being in place. Because God can work the work with or without you. Don't ever think that God needs you to be in place to do what God has to do. God says, I will get it done with you or without you. Now, just the thought of that should make somebody get excited because that means that some David in your life that you thought you needed to win, some stuff can stay home and you will still win. They can be missing in action because God will still be moving. Yes, I want you, but I don't need you. Yes, it will be nice to have you, but I don't need you because the God I serve can and will bless me even if you're not around. Don't sleep on me because I've got the prayer of Jabez on my side. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. If God granted his request, I know God will grant our request. He promised never to leave us, never to forsake us. Somebody needs to shout hallelujah. 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 As I close... I can't leave David as an exposed disciple because the text goes on into saying in chapter 12. And this thing blessed me because David messed up. And when David messed up, 
he tried to cover it up. And when he tried to cover it up, God stepped up. And when God stepped up, David fessed up. And because David fessed up, God fixed it up. You see, David is still the king. He messed up, but he's still the king. We mess up, but we are still God's children. All we got to do is say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. Hallelujah. God says, I am good, so good to you that all you got to do is fess up. All you've got to do is confess. Not to me. I don't need to hear it. All you got to do is confess to God, God, I messed up. God, I did that thing that I shouldn't do. But God will fix it for you and let you stay in place. Even when you're out of place. Tonight we are beginning a process where we take 40 days for self-reflection. We commit ourselves to the process of allowing the Holy Spirit to convict us that we are more like David than our pride and arrogance would allow us to admit. Tonight, we are committing to a journey that begins in the low light of evening and goes into the blackness of Good Friday with the knowledge that light is just down the road on Easter morning. The sins in our lives weigh us down. Lent is a time when we allow our focus to see the little stuff that is weighing us down and do something about it. Lent is not a time to be depressed and wallow in our failures. It is a time to free our soul from the burdens by admitting that we are sinners and we want to change. We want to really change and become free. Tonight, we are not asking you to declare your deepest, darkest secrets to anyone except God. We are suggesting that by receiving the signs of the ashes on your forehead, that you are praying just like King David did in Psalms 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. For us tonight, the sign of the ashes is our admission that we are not perfect, but we really want to try to change our ways and actions. The exposed disciple, how do we recover? Let us pray. Lord, we are guilty. We have no excuses. We come before you asking for your redirection and conviction as we prepare for the Easter celebration. Help us to drop our burdens and change our heart's desires. Help us to become people after your own heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, let everyone say, Amen. Amen.